Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about green living and other fresh ideas. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both Facebook and Twitter is 219greenconnect. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. I am your host, Kathy Sipple, and today I have a very special guest I'd like to thank for joining me. His name is Raphael Sparge, and Raphael is the star of TNT's hit series, Murder in the First, and recurs on ABC's Once Upon a Time. He's also directed and produced a documentary about climate change, Is There Hope for Planet Earth? And in the little free time that he has, he founded Greenwish, a nonprofit that helps local green organizations fund projects for their communities. Greenwish currently has chapters in Los Angeles, Lawrence, Kansas, St. Louis, Kansas City, Missouri, and Denver. Chapters are in the works in other cities, including Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And about why he founded Greenwish, he, he said after the birth of his daughter, he was struck by how strong and good he felt as a father and asked himself what could he do to contribute in any small way to leave the world a little better than how he found it for his daughter. And with that, he founded Greenwish. So thank you so much for being here today, Raphael. Oh, my gosh, what a wonderful uh, introduction. Thank you for that, and, and thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about the name Green Wish. I, I really like the idea about the power of wishing, and can you just tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about the background besides the inspiration from your daughter? How did you come up with the name? That's a really sensitive question. Thank you. I mean, I, I, it's true. I mean, I, there's a there's a lot to wishing, Um. um and and some of it goes beyond you know just kind of you know fa- fantasy or or potentially woo woo in in my mind um, you know it really goes to kind of our our aspirations and and um, really where we where we devote ourselves. I mean, I let me just jump in and say, you know, I did this obviously as a as a way to try and leave the world a little bit better uh, or if. If not even if that if that's too big if that's too big a bite to take perhaps maybe even hopefully not too much worse um, for my for my for my children and and for for their children um, we we know that there's so much need out there and we know that it's uh, for those of us and for your listeners who who understand this conversation we know that it's pretty urgent um, what what I what I have found and and what I what I feel strongly about is how important it is on the one hand to get the word out, but on the other hand, how, how dangerous it is when we get inundated with bad news and, and, and gosh, gosh, darn, there's a bunch of it um, that we can go to a place where we get to apathy or where we sort of check out um, where we sort of say, Oh heck um, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all so bad. Why even do anything? 
um, or, you know, how can I possibly try? How can I make any difference, you know, considering how much bad news I've heard on any given day in any given news cycle? My my point is, and my hope and my wish is that we can really feel the power of what it feels like to actually try and make an appreciable difference. And and that what these Greenwich chapters do, and, and I encourage people to start one, um, we make it easy so that you can, and I'll talk more on that as we go, but is to really, really empower people with a sense of that they can make a change, they can make a difference, that small things do add up to big things, and that, that uh, you know, really um, supporting local organizations in your community who are doing shovel-ready work that, that are really, um, you know, working hard and in passion to do so, that helping them make a difference is, is really a place where you're going to really see also very clearly uh, uh, the kinds of differences that, that, uh, uh, that can manifest. Through through your energies, so um, that that's sort of a. Uh, I mean, again, I appreciate your question, but but there there was some there was some thought in that. Yeah. Um, uh, in English, yeah. I think it's a great answer, and I I agree that there's a lot of power in wishing. I think there's something in your brain called the reticular activating system. <laughs> At the risk of sounding like a total nerd, but What's that yeah, I haven't it, I haven't heard of that. What's that? It's kind of like the phenomenon when you buy. Um, I don't know, you buy, let's say, an, a green Prius, and then you, you never noticed them on the road before, but now that you're looking for it, now you see them everywhere, you know. And so I think just hearing about yeah. somebody else's wish that they start a compost center in their community or that they start a chapter of Green Wish or, you know, whatever the Green Wish might be, it, it activates your brain and helps you see possibilities that you might not have otherwise, so... I think it's it's that's a really strong. Yeah, that's just great. I've never heard of that, but that's just that's exactly right. I I actually have a success story in that in that vein. You know, when we started the chapter in in Lawrence, Kansas, um, we had an event, a launch event, um, where there was a congressman and various councilmen and various city leaders and various folks came and and they came to hear about Green Wish and kind of kick the tires and and say, you know, what's in this for us? And and I said, you know, it's all, you know, ninety cents and a dollar goes directly back into your community and. And I take no salary, and this is really about trying to sort of really find a way to make a difference in your community. What they also did was they wrote down in a series of cards what their green wish was. And, and one of the things that came up over and over again was curbside recycling. There was no curbside recycling in Lawrence, Kansas. Well, guess what? Courtesy of the Congress, congresswoman and um, the various council people and then how this began to sort of get into the conversation – um, uh, that has changed, and and there is now um, uh, there's just started or about to be significantly um, uh, in, in, in huge shift into curbside recycling in Lawrence, Kansas, because people expressed what their green wish was um, at that event. So it, it, it does it does have sort of a um, uh, as you say uh, sort of a almost sort of magical and and compounding uh, sort of factor that really can generate generate an idea. Right, just drawing attention to something, and then you kind of round up your tribe. Like, I want that too. I want that too. <laughs> Boom, yeah. you got it. Yeah. Well, I, and I know that it's a relatively new organization. I believe you launched it uh, on Earth Day in 2009. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Um, Good. What What we did was um, I, I had, you know, again come up with this idea, and then worked with um, arguably many of our. Uh, 
<laughs> many of those of us who, who sort of care about this, one of our one of my heroes in that in that regard, Ed Begley Jr., who's a, a friend and and a, a sort of a compatriot at arms in the in, in the trenches of this conversation, but also a fellow actor. And I I, I went to Ed and Rochelle, his wife, and and who people will know from the you know their show Living with Ed. Um, they're they're a funny and wonderful couple. Um, and they they loved the idea. They responded to it right away. And and what they loved about it was that Greenwish could help multiple organizations um and and uh, as opposed to just one um and and again that it's all community based right well maybe we could talk about just how people go about forming a chapter what the structure looks like and and maybe some typical projects you mentioned one getting curbside recycling but um you know maybe we could share a few other success stories that have happened so if i wanted to start yeah. a chapter in my area i would go to greenwish.com and yes yeah. You would go Apply. to greenwish.com and you would re- you would reach out. Essentially, there's okay. a place where you can contact us, or you can just go to your you know email and email greenwish at greenwish.com, and that gets to us. Um, what what here's what's involved. Essentially, with you and a few friends and and maybe a few hundred dollars. I mean, it really is. We've made it as what you get as you begin to set up your ac- your uh, your chapter is access to our EIN number. That's our you know, nonprofit number, uh, which anyone who's tried to set up a nonprofit knows that that's heavy lifting um, right. uh, to, to get that. It's so a lot that, more than a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of time, um, mm-hmm. and um, and, uh, and 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 a mountain of paperwork. But um, so you get access to that. You also get, in this case, free banking kindly from Bank of the West, who is, you know, in this case, a supporter of ours, and, and I'm very happy to you know, say how grateful I am to Bank of the West for this. So they, you get free banking from Bank of the West. We get bookkeeping. You get, uh, you know, insurance for your board. Um, also then um, access to um, uh, someone who will mentor your chapter and then work with you with the guides and the manuals that we've created in order to sort of start a chapter. And, um, and then access to the website and, and, and then our social media team. Um, there's a lot that you get access to. Um, what what you need to do is then work with your board and then begin to go into your community and find the nonprofits that you want to support. Um, in this case, we really sort of keep it to earth, air, water, and sustainable education, sort of that, that sort of uh, umbrella of green, as it were. Um, and 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 we have tended to sort of say with you know the one the one sort of caveat is that if we're supporting animals, um, that they are really sort of wild animals and in natural habitats, um, there there's a whole other enormous, uh, you know, uh, arena uh, in domesticated animals and, and an important one. But we tried to sort of keep our mission so as to not to get too too confusing um, just to really sort of uh, wild animals. Um, but, but we really give you free reign to find those nonprofits that are doing important work. Um, we tend to sort of look for the smaller nonprofits that really need the money and really need the support. And and what you then get to do is sort of reach out to them. They you, there's an application process. Um, those nonprofits then um, become your designees, and you then work with your um, uh, with your board, and and the money that you begin to raise um, in the community. And and we have a whole host of ways in which different you know chapters raise money as well. But all of that money then goes through through your checking account, and then again directly back into your community. So it really is a community helping community idea. And um, it, it is a way to maximize the giving. I mean, again, going back to that first thing we talked about, you know, I, I because there's so much need, because 
you know, maybe you don't have, maybe you can't give $50 every time you get an envelope with a polar bear on it as much as you want to. In, in this case, what, what we get to do is create a, a uh, sort of a simple conduit for giving so that even if it's $5, 10 $15, you know that it's all going to go to to this group of green as well as also then you know that it's community-based and you know exactly right. where it's going. Well, and there's a retailer component to this as well, right? And I'm not sure that we've mentioned that so far. Could could you say a little bit about how retailers get yeah. involved? Yeah, we can. We've worked with retailers who um, share a passion for you know community giving as well as then also um, you know sort of a, a sustainable idea. Um, we have uh, cards that we create and then are able to sort of deliver to the retailer. Um, these have barcodes, and the barcodes can then be designated to a um, uh, you know a, an account that they sort of keep for Greenwish, and and those can be you know one, three, and five dollar additions to purchases. We've seen this model before. Um, and um, that then the, the money that then gets donated to uh, Greenwich via um, the retailer, the retailer can say, hey, you know, I'm not picking favorites, but I am, I am in this case supporting sustainable, sustainable ideas in the community. Um, that's nice for them. And as well, then the retailer gets the tax deductible contribution for you know having raised that money and then gotten to Greenwish. So so everyone wins in in this in this uh, in this circle, as it were. And um, the cards also, I guess, the benefit of the cards is that they they have also the web addresses and information about all the all the local nonprofits. So what we're then doing is we're not only sort of bringing, in this case, much needed funds to the nonprofits, but we're also um, bringing them awareness, which sometimes um, <laughs> can be as much, if not more, valuable. Sure. Well, that makes sense. And can can you notice any pattern of the retailers that get involved? Do they tend to also be, you know, green or sustainable businesses, or do they kind of run the gamut? They have run the gamut. I mean, we've had family-run businesses. We've had supermarkets. Um, uh, again, a lot of times you know, businesses that have grown and become very successful in the community because of the community. And 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 then also, uh, I mean, people who have children and are looking at, at the world um, and, and the changes that we're undergoing, I, I think we all have this sort of shared sense of kind of uh, uh, concern and, um, um, you know, passion to try and want to do what we can, you know. Uh, <laughs> I've got right. DNA in the game, right? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to. I want to try and uh, uh, do what we can to help help uh, help lift this all up. And and so the retailers that um, have generally jumped in have often been uh, family-owned businesses, community-based businesses, and 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 ones that you know sh- share a passion for for children and the next generation. I, I saw a T-shirt. Uh, a friend of mine, more to a food swap I attended a few weeks ago, and it said, "Local is the new black." <laughs> I really, I like oh, that. Oh, that's great. You know, That's because, really great. And I, I think there was a video that I watched uh, with Ed Begley, too, and he was saying that, you know, local and sustainable to him was as important as organic, you know, in the in the tagline mm-hmm. of the produce. Because local, you know, really does help us, um, you know, reduce carbon footprint for delivery and many, many things. So I, I like that, that you extend it to all different kinds of retailers and make it very inclusive so that everybody feels like they can be part of the solution. So right. anyway, so and, and and in addition, to, in addition to that, just a just a piggyback mm-hmm. on that, sure. which is that you know once your board then identifies the four or five uh, different nonprofits that get supported, we we work with them for a period of time, say twenty four months, 
at the end of which then that all gets rotated. So, so it isn't sort of a, uh, it doesn't just sort of get blocked on those five. Um, obviously there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of need out there. And, and this is an opportunity for that need to be, you know, um, uh, spread around. I mean, I can tell you when I sit down and write the checks to send out to the nonprofits, I, uh, you know, I just feel, um, I feel like Santa Claus. Um, it, it's just so great to be able to kind of be, uh, uh, send them out, and 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 some of the groups that we've identified, again, some of the smaller ones that really need the money, um, uh, have have expressed to us, you know, when we've identified, like the board, Ed Bagley and the board has identified you as a recipient for our Greenwish uh, grants. Um, they've literally burst into tears, and they said, "Oh my God, you have you have no idea how much we need this money, and 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 how creative this is, and how how wonderful this is uh, to to be a part of this program." What a great feeling to write those checks. <laughs> and I, I'm curious, yeah. too, with your board, do they do they typically, um, you know, just donate to to an existing nonprofit for work already in progress, or do they sometimes collaborate on, you know, a new project that they see a need for in the community? You know, what we've tried to do is um, identify nonprofits that are, are actively working in the community, and and that have um, uh, again shovel-ready work, and that has direct impact um, on on those who are living there. Um, so you know, for example, um, in Los Angeles, currently we support support Friends of the LA River. They're, they're restoring the, the the Los Angeles River, which runs uh, you know all the way 51 miles through the through the city. Um, we support. Uh, um, uh, Coalition for Clean Air, which does a lot of work in in, in really sort of keeping our air clean and um, and and really supporting legislation to that that effect. Food Forward, um, you know, picks uh, fruit and and vegetables that are on public lands uh, in California. Obviously, there are lots of citrus citrus trees and and avocado trees that are here um, in, in public lands or on people's back in people's backyards and donates them to the hungry or the homeless. Um, a sustainable idea. So this kind of gives you an idea of uh, of uh, the range of certain ones we support in LA. But 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 every city has its own has its own needs and demands. And again, that's what you get to decide when you create your own chapter as to where the money gets to go. Right. That's great. I'm curious about uh, people who have stepped forth as board members thus far. Do you do you recognize any pattern in their backgrounds or any common thread? Is there any background you think might be more successful as a founding board member than the other? That's an interesting question too. I, you know, I um, we have a range. I mean, obviously, um, Ebigley and Rochelle are on the on our board, in Los Angeles. Um, we have a, a a wonderful man in Preston Brooks, who is a a, a um, uh, environmental attorney who works, uh, you know, with cleanup sites and trying to get cities to hold them responsible for the. Uh, for the pollution that, that's occurred in those sites. Um, we have Sharon Lawrence, a wonderful actress who's also an advocate and a passionate, you know, uh, environmentalist. Um, there's, uh, you know, uh, Julia Cho who works um, in, in both in news media and, and various other outlets and is, a, uh, again, a passionate advocate and, and writer and blogger about, about the environment. There, these are just sort of examples of, of certain folks who, who are doing it. But, I mean, I, I think everyone sees... Um, uh, I, I mean, I guess the, the the nice thing about the Greenwish idea that as it got shaped is that it seems everyone I think sees very quickly how how, how it does enormous good uh, and that it's a simple idea. You know, it's hard, as, as they <laughs> as they say, simple ideas are hard, right? So <laughs> in, in this case, I'm 
I'm really happy that this is simple enough to, for people to understand it and for people to kind of really uh, be able to get behind it um, and, and see that it's providing maximum good for, you know, the, the most amount of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think every board maybe has, has its own own unique character, but, but certainly people who care um, are in this conversation. Great. And it, it's nice that it's got such a turnkey approach. So even if you don't have a background in fundraising, you know, it, it seems like it really details the steps that you need to reach out to retailers to kind of build, you know, build your board to get each step done. You've got a template that somebody can take and run with it. Yes, right. I mean, we've, we've um, uh, Victoria Bogner, who's uh, one of sort of been uh, sort of on point. She's a, a board member in LA as well as also then, um, sort of uh, been head of national expansion. Um, she has been able, she's got a wonderful algorithmic mind and has been able to sort of really kind of put this into kind of a very step-by-step approach. Um, uh, she works at, at a financial institution um, uh, in, in, uh, in Lawrence, Kansas called McDaniel Knudsen and uh, has a wonderful background in, in finances and, and, and investing and, and really knows um, you know, uh, how to make this as simple as possible and as clear um, as you can. I mean, obviously, look, any nonprofit is a, is a fair amount of effort and, and requires, uh, you know, a great deal of passion and follow through. But, but I, we know that these problems aren't going away. And, and we know um, that, uh, you know, there's a wonderful uh, sort of uh, feeling that comes over you when you are able to sort of actually channel one's sort of anxiety about the environment into actually uh, conduit for giving. Um, that, that's a, it's a really, uh, uh, I don't know, it's just a, it's a, <laughs> it's a great way to channel the anxiety. Yeah. Well, it, it reminds me a little bit of the self-organizing way that uh, green drinks are run. I'm not sure if, if you've got green drinks yes, in your we, area. We actually, yes, we, we actually have partnered with green drinks in, okay. uh, in, in our, in our, uh, in our chapter in Kansas City, wonderful organization. Yeah, I, I ran that myself here locally for a number of years until I recently turned the reins over to a new group of people. But, you know, it, it seems like there are a bunch of people concerned about the environment, sometimes, you know, meeting monthly on a topic, sometimes really just to meet and greet. But, you know, at the end of that session, you're always left with, what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe those green drinks organizers would be a, a good place to start. You know, they have a, a website, greendrinks.org. So that's a challenge. I'm laying down the gauntlet here, green drinks organizers. <laughs> this would be a way that you could, um, you know, add add some teeth to the interest and raise money to get those projects done so I just, you know, I really commend you for putting this together because it is an awful lot for one person to do. But when you've got a model and you've got the support of a mentor and also a community where you can see what's working in other communities and model that within your own, I just think that's a really powerful thing that you've put together. So thank, thank you for that. Thank you for that. I mean, you really, you really, I mean, you speak so eloquently, really understanding the, the I mean, it's exactly what you just spoke to is exactly what we found in Kansas City was that there's a lot of impassioned individuals looking for a way to, a way to you know, an action. What can I do? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so that, that's why it seems to have had a nice synergy. So, yeah, yeah thank you for that insight. That's right. And, you know, I, I get it. I asked you the question already, do you go for people who are already doing specific work? And, you know, that certainly seems like a good idea to leave it to the professionals. 
some some projects though I've identified in my community, it just seems to straddle a few different nonprofits. And you know, I wonder um, if this organization would even allow you to apply for grants in partnership with you know other nonprofits and appoint them as partners. I'm probably getting a little too off topic here, <laughs> but I, I have a no. Specific, I mean, that's... yeah, I have a specific idea in mind. I actually sat on a grant advisory committee. And you know you'd ha- you'd have to write um, write a proposal, and many times writing a proposal that named multiple partners got you more points than just loading it up with one because different people bring different expertise and you know are seen to have a higher likelihood of success. But to be the person who writes that grant, you know many of these other nonprofits are already so busy. So if you could offer that you know kind of project management and just be the point person. That might be kind of cool. I don't know. You've really got me yeah, thinking. That's, You've really that's got me exciting. Th- I mean, what, what what you speak to is a really interesting thing that I have to say honestly. I I I, I wish I could say I was smart enough to have thought of, but I I stumbled on it, which is essentially um, this: by creating a an umbrella of green through through a sort of a literally a synergy of 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 green. Um, green people, as it were, um, green organizations, sustainable organizations work in the community. We know that earth, air, water, sustainable education, these are all themes that tie back to one another, um, you know, uh, very intuitively, right? Um, the, the issue is, particularly in a city like Los Angeles, where there is sometimes a, a very competitive um, uh, feeling between nonprofits to, you know, get to the, get to the donors, um, what 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 we've done is actually by creating this synergy, um, we have sort of almost sort of forced the organizations to work together, right? Because it's sort of a high tide raises all boats. So by giving to Greenwish, because you're partnered with multiple groups, you you actually may receive more donations um, because people like the idea of. Uh, uh, again, spreading spreading their support around, and and so what what's been interesting, and, and I've had some wonderful stories about you know in Lawrence, for example, where the nonprofits there, uh, being sort of forced to work together, um, have actually shared resources and shared volunteers, and 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 been been there to support each other's events. Um, that's just a, a wonderful thing um, when when we realize obviously how you know. Uh, uh, the, the the magic of, of of our combined energies together, and how and how in this case mm-hmm. how we can actually you know really uh, uh, reach that many more people. Yeah, I I really love that, and I you know I time flies so quickly when I'm talking to such interesting people and passionate about the environment. I do want to make sure that I thank uh, the show sponsor, which is Metro Recycling. And in our neck of the woods, people do sometimes wonder, where do I recycle? Well, Metro Recycling helps you recycle items that are outside the blue box, things that you can't put at curbside, things like vinyl siding, um, really amazing stuff that you might not have thought you could recycle. Odds are you can do it there. I have actually toured their place, and they recycle the kitchen sink, literally the kitchen sink. Not everything but wow. the kitchen sink, <laughs> but they literally had a, a steel sink right there. So very cool. What They've a got wonderful three... organization. That's just that amazing. Great? Yeah, they really yeah. are. And so you can go to metrorecycling.net, and they actually pay you to recycle. So curbside, we do it to feel good and keep you know waste out of the landfill. 
But in this case, you can take your broken down microwave, you can take, you know, copper that you've taken out, whatever, all kinds of different things and actually make a little money for it too. So thank you, Metro Recycling, for helping us be a little bit greener in my neck of the woods. Uh, but, you know, in our remaining time, I'd love to ask you a little bit about your docu- documentary work. You're such a busy actor starting, I believe, at the age of four on Sesame Street. Is that right? <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, and staying busy, busy, busy through your entire career. And so now now you're moving a little bit more toward documentaries. Can can you say a little bit about the projects you're working on? Yeah. Um, uh, well, let, let me just sort of say is that on the, on our website on greenwish.com, um, what we've what we've tried to do is create a resource for teachers um, and any of your listeners who may be teachers um, who are looking for um, assets or you know um, uh, things that they can use in the classroom that are Common Core uh, related um, that is Common Core vetted. Um, what I've done is uh, work with two um, two, two wonderful uh, graduate students. Um, postgraduate students to create a an outline of materials for teachers, and this is using media. So we've received a grant from the California Institute of Contemporary Art, which is a uh, an organization here in California that really supports um, really getting the message out through both media and then also really trying to sort of spread the word about about sustainable ideas. Um, and um, they've uh, we've created several uh, uh, several documentaries. One of which now is online, which is the uh, "Is There Hope for Planet Earth," um, which again is on our website, or you can also find it on YouTube. Um, and that's working with a scientist, um, a climatologist, literally at Caltech. We shot at Caltech, discussing um, uh, climate change, and and it was really designed for, in this case, sort of uh, adults, but also you know, a sort of a at a smart sixth grade level. So it's potentially for, um, uh, you know. Um, for classrooms, and we've created study guides that are on the Greenwich website for teachers, as well as then also suggested um, book reading lists and 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 other um, uh, other materials. Um, I'm just completing now a documentary which is going to premiere on the 29th of July here in Los Angeles as a fundraiser about the Los Angeles River and the history of the river. Fascinating story. The whole city of Los Angeles was was essentially initially um, uh, sort of created uh, by the Spanish um, by, in the Portola expedition in 1763 um, because of this lush, verdant river that they had discovered. And um, they are uh, uh, the history of that and then sort of what, what, what occurred to the LA River and now the restoration of that river is a fascinating story. So that too will be available in the coming months. Um, and um, there's also uh, another series that I did with that Bigley Jr. Uh, called On Bigley Street, which will also be available on the Greenwich website. Again, green media, um, uh, things for uh, things for classrooms, things for teachers, things for educators or parents. Um, what we're trying to do is uh, get the word out, um, you know, any way we can. And and I, I've really enjoyed my my sort of new foray into filmmaking, and and uh, and you know, using using these various interests and combining them together. Thank you so much for being with us today. That time flew. <laughs> we are out of time, but you've been listening to another episode of 219 Green Connect. I'm your host, Kathy Sipple, and my guest today has been Raphael Sparge talking about his nonprofit, Greenwish. You can find out more at greenwish.com about the nonprofit and about these great resources for teachers that he's developed. So thank you so much once again for being with us. Thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.